Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb. A special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this beautiful day which the Lord has given to us. As we gather here for the 19th Sunday after Trinity, we are drawing ever closer uh, to the end of the uh, liturgical year and the beginning of a new one. And that also means that we're right in the middle of our midweek school and our catechesis for our kids. And so we'll continue as we have in weeks past, if you turn to the back cover of your bulletin, as we uh, continue on with the memory work, uh, or at least generally keeping pace with our kids on Wednesday uh, when it comes to the Ten Commandments, this Sunday being the sixth. What is the sixth commandment? You shall not commit adultery. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do, and husband and wife love and honor each other. Well, as we look at the Sunday itself and the readings this day, of course, we have our focused on Christ section, a summary of the readings, and that's on the inside of the back cover of the bulletin, so we'll turn our attention there. The Lord does not require us to ascend to him. In mercy, he descends to us. The ladder in Jacob's dream was not for climbing. It was the means by which the Lord comes to bless Jacob. This event finds its fulfillment in Christ, who descended from his throne to save and bless us. By his incarnation, he is the eternal bridge between heaven and earth. The Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. The Lord was present in the flesh to absolve the paralytic. Jesus also healed and restored this man's body. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. The Lord still has power on earth to forgive sins. In holy absolution, he raises up the new man and bestows the healing medicine, which will bring about our resurrection in the last day. Thus we say with Jacob, this is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And as we have great joy to receive the Lord's body and blood as he gives it to us in and under bread and wine, as we do have each and every divine service, a heaven come down to earth moment where the Lord is with us in that special way, we gather to receive that gift according to his word and testament. And he bids that we be in unity regarding our confession of the Christian faith, not just about the supper, but about the whole of what we confess as Christians. Therefore, all those joining us at the altar this day, we ask to be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining us in that one orthodox confession of the Christian faith. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 3. As it begins on page 184, we now sing the first hymn. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your holy word, we may ever embrace and hold fast to the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the 19th Sunday after Trinity is from Genesis chapter 28. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. 
And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Ephesians chapter 4. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Getting into a boat, Jesus crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, dear saints in Christ Jesus, how many of you dream? You don't have to raise your hands, by the way. You can just think on that. And also, uh, for the sake of clarity, I'm not talking about dreams in the sense of your wishes and your plans for the future. I'm talking about those good old-fashioned garden-variety dreams while you sleep. Now, if you do dream... Do you think those dreams have meaning? Could it be that one's present circumstances, the stresses that you might be under, even the joys that a person might be experiencing, affect the way one dreams? To be honest, I don't have answers to those questions. That's not my field. I just know that in my own experience, there have been times when dreams have been so vivid, so lifelike, that they were hard to distinguish from reality. This is probably especially the case for folks when you're children, right? I remember those types of dreams when I was a child. But today, most of the time, there are long stretches when I either have not dreamed or the dreams were so 
mundane, so inconsequential that I couldn't recall them, didn't even really bother trying. I would imagine that your experience has been similar to mine. Well, today's Old Testament text is the account of Jacob's dream, and perhaps this dream was, to some extent, initiated by the stresses in his life. After all, Jacob was on the run from the wrath of his brother Esau, who had threatened to kill him, and from his father Isaac, who was disappointed by the deception Jacob had used in order to gain the blessing that Isaac had intended for Esau. Well, whatever the case, it was a dream that the Lord was going to use for his purposes and for Jacob's eternal blessing. Yes, there are dreams at night while we sleep, and we may wonder what they mean from time to time. What has happened, or what will happen, and why? And what if we've done this or that differently? Think back, if you could, through the course of your life, or even just five or ten years for that matter. Can you even begin to anticipate what has happened between now and then? Can you today foresee what's going to happen tomorrow? Or what the next chapter of your life is going to bring? See, we can't change the past, nor can we begin to imagine the what-ifs along the way. There are simply too many possibilities. We cannot tell what our journey journey home from today's service will bring, let alone tomorrow or down the line a ways. Things might even seem to be out of control, or at least out of our hands and out of our control, which of course usually puts us in a tailspin. But getting back to the text, Jacob, he was the son of Isaac and Rebekah a grandson of Abraham and Sarah. And his twin brother Esau was born first, if you remember, with Jacob following, grasping his brother's heel as they were born, because that's what the name Jacob means, grasper. From birth, Esau was the stronger of the two brothers. And as far as we can tell from Scripture, he was accomplished as a hunter and a provider. He was outside the tent, right? He was outdoors. Jacob, on the other hand, was slighter in stature. He was not as robust of a physical specimen. He liked to hang out in the tent with mom. But as God chooses what seems to us to be the weaker, well, then we also need to remember Abel and Joseph, Gideon and David, Jeremiah and even Jesus himself, who did not stand out among men in ways that one would look for in the king of all creation. Knowing this helps explain why, in today's gospel text, Jesus' pronouncement of the forgiveness of sins and then the healing of the paralytic completely confused and confounded the religious leaders. Jesus didn't look like anything. He can't possibly have the power of God, let alone be the Son of God, right? Well, if we return to Jacob, it was through cunning and deception that he had first secured the birthright and then the blessings away from his brother, And although Jacob was favored by his mother, he couldn't remain safely at home. So it makes you wonder, as he ran for protection to his mother's brother Laban, was he running away or running towards something that God was actually doing? And now, as we heard in the text, he had this dream, followed by God continuing his promise given to Abraham and then to Isaac in so many ways, word for word, right? And note that throughout the rest of Scripture, God is often called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and... Jacob, right? All in one breath. And this same promise of life and salvation has been kept not just to those three, but to all on earth who share their faith in the one true God. Jacob awoke from his dream, afraid. We know how that feeling goes, right? It had been an overwhelming experience. He had seen the glory of God firsthand. 
God had spoken to him as God had spoken to Adam and Noah and Enoch and to his grandfather and father. Despite his failings and his shortcomings, and oh my, they were so many, Jacob had been set aside by God in a way that went far beyond his thinking when he had fraudulently, deceptively secured the birthright and blessing from his brother. This was an overwhelming moment for him, wondering what God was going to do with him in all of this. At that moment, Jacob could not see what this new situation would bring. But God does cause all things to happen so that sinners will call upon him in the day of trouble, that he, that is, the Lord God, would deliver them. St. Paul teaches us, he says, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose, that being Romans 8.28, a verse we're well familiar with. And now God had called Jacob according to the purpose he had for him. As little as Jacob's faith may have been, God kept him in that faith, never letting him go. Ironic that the one who is named the grasper is the one that the Lord had a hold of. And then, of course, we know the other account that we remember well of Jacob holding on to the Lord. As little as Jacob's faith may have been, God kept him in that faith. Jacob was like the paralytic in the gospel lesson. He had no strength, no ability of his own to get to Jesus Still, Jesus saw this man's faith, and he healed first what needed healing first, his soul, through the forgiveness of sins. The ability to get up and walk, that was secondary, but it was a visible sign to all that Jesus does indeed have authority over all things in heaven and on earth. Dear saints, when we look at Jacob honestly, we're looking into the mirror of weakness and sin that exists in every life, in our own first and foremost. On that night, with nothing but a rock for a pillow, God used Jacob's brokenness to pull him back into the fold, into that promise of life and salvation given to Adam and Eve, to Abraham and to Isaac, and eventually to David and Solomon. And it was that promise that remained, even as God's people were exiled to Babylon and then from Jerusalem in those early days of the New Testament. That was the promise Jesus brought when he healed and forgave both Jew and Gentile alike. That was the promise with which Jesus sent out his disciples, that good news, that gospel of the forgiveness of sins and eternal life offered to all. And it is with that same promise that the Holy Spirit works the miracle of faith in the hearts of those who hear him. We do wonder about our dreams. Are they God speaking to us or simply things that our minds play for us as the brain sort of sorts through life experiences from day to day? Perhaps dreams are things that we merely manufacture on our own, right? A chance for us to sort of leave the confines of what normal everyday life would be. Well, it's quite beneficial to know that God has told us in the epistle to the Hebrews the difference between his revelation to the prophets of old and now to us. There the Holy Writer says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. In other words, we don't need to rely on whether or not we have had the right vision or the right experience because we have the confidence God has given us through his prophets and apostles and above all through his son, the word made flesh. Such is the confidence we have in God's holy word. Through Jacob, God is showing his great love for mankind as he, the Lord who saves, restores Jacob and all who are like him. And that list goes on and on throughout scripture beginning with Adam and Eve, and then so on and so on and so on. For example, take Peter. Remember? 
At the miracle of the first catch of fish, he asked Jesus to get away from him because he was a sinful man. Peter knew that he didn't deserve the love and forgiveness of God. And later on, Peter would rebuke Jesus of all things. When Jesus told his disciples of his coming betrayal and crucifixion, and you remember Jesus' sharp response, his rebuke of Peter, get behind me, Satan. And yet still, Jesus took Peter along with him into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. There, Peter tried to defend him, but he was told to put away his sword. And then, hours later, I do not know the man, Peter would later say of Jesus, but then wept bitterly only then to be the first disciple to enter the empty tomb and was later restored as Jesus sent him out to feed his sheep. Your dream, dear saints, that is your desire to put the past behind you and to be restored to God, that has come true. You have heard Jesus speak the words that your sins are forgiven in the absolution. Just as the crippled man in the gospel heard those same words, God keeps his promises to all people continuing to be their God and promising to never leave nor forsake them. The Son of God kept his promises. He fulfilled all and conquered all, even death and the grave. And now, through his word and spirit, he has brought you back like Jacob from those deceptions, from running away from your life, to be God's baptized and dearly loved child for eternity. You see, Jacob was a rung on the ladder, so to speak. In Christ, God was in the process of coming down, climbing down to man to fulfill his promises. Adam, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they were all rungs on the ladder. So also were David and Solomon right on down to that proper time when Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, born for our salvation, which he accomplished on the cross. And now on this very day, we can proclaim with Jacob, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. For here in the Lord's house, Jesus, our Emmanuel, God in the flesh, comes to you, fulfilling his word. He comes to you in his holy supper of his body and his blood, opening the gate of heaven and delivering to you his blood-bought gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation. In this way, the Lord's Supper is a heaven-come-down-to-earth moment when Christ Jesus comes to you, forgiving your sins and healing your soul. Surely the Lord works all things for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For he has worked life and salvation for you through his Son, who gives those gifts to you, his baptized and repentant and dearly beloved people, this very day. But of course, these promises of God, they don't end with the Holy Supper this day. His table and his meal are a foretaste of what is to come, or rather this table and this meal are a foretaste of what is to come. The final and total fulfillment of the angels ascending and descending to and from the throne of God on high will be seen on the last day. As Jesus said, then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. That from Matthew 24. Thanks be to God for this remarkable promise. In the best sense of the phrase, it will be a dream come true. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. 
or clean hearts created by the forgiveness of Christ, that we may put off the old ways of sin and walk in the way of his commandments, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For the ministers of the church, that our God, who has given such authority to men to forgive sins, would focus their every word and deed toward this office of the keys, and that the gospel may predominate in our worship and life together. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord For the Spirit of God, that he would fill our homes with his forgiveness and work righteousness and holiness among us. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord For Joseph, our president, Michael, our governor, and all our leaders, that even as God rules the world by his mighty power, he would be so pleased to give our nation wisdom, peace, and success in accordance with his commandments. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For Helen Tate, Vanessa Burmester, Charlotte Locke, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Lisa Rash, Ted Phillips, and all in need, that God would heal them and so show his greater power to forgive their sins in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have For those who mourn, especially the Lakey family and Lyon family, that Christ's victory over sin and death would be their refuge and comfort in the days which lie ahead. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have For all who come to the altar this day, that they would see this as the very house of God and gate of heaven, where Christ is bodily present to forgive, heal, and renew us in true righteousness and holiness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the spread of the grace of God, that we may be made whole in the forgiveness of sins, together with all those broken by this world. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Again, welcome and God's blessings to you on this day which the Lord has given to us. A handful of announcements here as we continue on with the morning and our week. Uh, and it's another busy week here that we have ahead of us, of course, Sunday school and Bible study following worship. We have Esther Bible study tomorrow at 1.30. On Tuesday, Trinity Classical Classroom meeting at 9 and we'll be here through the day. And then on Wednesday, we have our Lutheran Confession Study Group at 9, and then our midweek school schedule pick up, picks up there at 3.30 uh, with workout class at 6 and Trinity Choir Practice at 7. And then on Thursday, Handbells has started back up. They will meet at 6 p.m. A reminder that we do have those cookbooks available, the Trinity Women's Guild cookbooks for $15. Uh, if you have any questions about those, please talk to Aaron. And also, it's hard to believe we're already getting towards the end of October. It seems like we just started the month, but uh, Theology on Tap is coming up again soon. So October 24th at 7 is the women's, and October 26th at 7 is the men's. Uh, ladies, we're uh, nearing, nearing, barely? Wow. Apparently, I'm thinking King James this morning. We're nearing the end of our uh, book, uh, Ladylike, and then uh, men will be continuing a study of different questions regarding um, uh, Christianity, other religions, essentially doubts that people bring to Christianity and how we answer them with uh, the truth of God's word. And then also the doxology co uh, conference in November. Um, I'll just read this one to you straight out of the bulletin only so I don't mess it up here. Uh, over the weekend of November 3rd through the 5th, uh, I and some of our lay leaders are tentatively planning to attend the second in a series of three continuing education conferences hosted by Doxology. I went to the first earlier this year. Now, November 5th would normally be All Saints Day observed. That is a Sunday. However, due to the significance of All Saints Day service, uh, it'll be uh, observed on Wednesday, November 1st at 6th. Should it work out for the lay leaders to attend the conference with me? 
uh, and a decision will be announced to the congregation to all of you on Sunday, October 22nd. So um, rest assured, you'll be notified uh, well ahead of time. Uh, but I just, I, you know, God has entrusted uh, all of your souls to me, and I can't see being gone for all Saints Day service, even with a conference. Uh, so that's why the desire is there to move it. Uh, if it works out to go, then uh, to that conference later on in November. So if there's any questions about that, please see me. I'm happy to talk to you about it. Uh, but that brings us to the end of our announcements. Anything I would have missed? May have missed. Okay, all right. Well, God's peace be with you as you go into this week, knowing that, um, well, we have inherited this great promise, which God first delivered to Jacob, that we are blessed in and through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That blessing is Jesus himself, who has come to us in the flesh to save us, redeem us, and will come back on the last day to take us home. God's peace be with you. I'll greet you at the door.